Welcome to Mindfully Well, your place to get the tools and tips you need to connect to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply. This podcast is for change-seeking women who are curiously devoted to their health and ultimately having a positive impact on the world around them. I'll be diving into everything that can help us live mindfully well, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Haley. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 20 of the Mindfully Well podcast. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are staying healthy, and I hope you are staying sane. Today, we are on our third part of a series called Our Monthly Cycle, and today's topic is how ovulation works and why it's important to understand, even if you aren't trying to get pregnant. So if you want to pause right now and catch up on the series, feel free. There are two episodes before this one. There's an overview, and then there's one about the follicular phase. So if you want to go in chronological order, no problem. You can just pause and access those episodes. Well, depending on what app you're on below or in the show notes, I'll link to them as well so you can get easy access to them. But if you've already listened to those and you're ready to dive into the ovulatory phase, then that's where we're going to start today. A few years ago, I was reading Woman, an Intimate Geography, which is a book about how biology affects who we are. And I learned that at 20 weeks in utero, we have all of the eggs that we're ever going to have. So this means when my mom was 20 weeks old inside of her mom, my teeny tiny egg existed. And like the thought came into my mind, like, holy shit, I've lived part of my grandma's life and my mother's entire life up until when she had me. And now I get lived as a stretch here, like I don't mean I actually lived, but it still amazes me, right? Like, this is the moment that I started to really grasp what it meant when people talked about like intergenerational trauma and kind of saw the whole concept of the matryoshka doll in, in like a real picture, right? Like the little Russian nesting dolls, like it makes so much sense, right? Like. We're all connected, especially as a female, having that deep, deep cellular connection to our grandmothers, I think is just really insane and really cool. But what does that have to do with ovulation? Well, as I was realizing this and learning more about my biology, I started to really feel the truth of that like every month I was losing eggs and only had so many, and I felt kind of sad at first, honestly, like it felt really weird and sad. But then I started to learn that ovulation is essential to our health and our cycle, and that helped me kind of reconcile with the sadness and really start to love and appreciate ovulation and my cycle as a whole. So as a quick review, we're in the middle of a series called Our Monthly Cycle, and so far we've covered an overview of how our cycle works in the follicular phase. So today we're talking about the ovulatory phase, and this is when you ovulate. There are four phases in the monthly cycle. The menstrual phase, which lasts three to seven days on average. These days, by the way, are all a little flexible. They're not concrete numbers for you to like cling to. They're just ranges of what seems to be normal from an overall average perspective. 
Um, so there's the menstrual phase, there's the follicular phase, there's the ovulatory phase, and there's the luteal phase. So let's pick up where we left off, shall we? After seven to 10 days in the follicular phase, we start to shift into the ovulatory phase. And yes, this means we must ovulate every month whether we intend on getting pregnant or not. Ovulation is a sign of good health. And ovulation is how we hormonally progress through our cycle, and it is possible to have a period without ovulating. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So as we approach and experience ovulation, estrogen, which is a hormone, starts to rise, and that basically triggers one lucky follicle to release an egg into the fallopian tube. And this follicle will be doing stuff after the egg leaves, like it'll still be doing stuff in the ovary um, once ovulation occurs, and you know, we'll talk about that later. But basically, the egg makes its way down to the uterus where thanks to rising estrogen levels, the uterine lining is lush and ready for insemination, if it were to occur. So there's also a sharp surge and a rapid decline in testosterone at this time, which means that the ovulatory phase is a time for feeling social and communicative. Like you're literally receptive to becoming pregnant, like biologically receptive and open. So the verbal and social centers of our brains are being stimulated by these hormones. And the surge in testosterone is also why you feel more sexual at this time, most likely, depending on what's going on in your life, um, because it's when you're most likely going to get pregnant biologically. Due to an increase with these hormones during the ovulatory phase, this means that it's a good time to do intense workouts in like a social setting. Because your estrogen and your testosterone are high, you have more energy to burn, and you're likely feeling more social right now. Also, Remember, PMS symptoms arise when there is an imbalance in estrogen and progesterone in the luteal phase, the phase after ovulation. When hormones are imbalanced, you may experience acne and bloating and other symptoms. So just something to remember. We'll get to that in the next part of the series, but it is kind of key to making your periods and your cycle more enjoyable. So let's talk about the foods that support this phase. During the ovulatory phase, it's good to add in foods that help our bodies balance out the spike in estrogen. So during ovulation, all of our hormones are at their highest. And I've got a nice picture in the blog post that goes with this episode if you want to like see what that looks like from a graph perspective. So as estrogen peaks, it's good to eat raw, fresh vegetables that aid in metabolizing the hormone and prevent an excess buildup. Basically, this helps you avoid estrogen dominance and estrogen dominance can lead to a lot of uncomfortable symptoms. Basically, <laughs> it's bad long-term, but we're not covering that right now. Um, your temperature has also risen in this phase, so you're more likely inclined to want to eat raw, cool foods. As you approach ovulation, so seven to 10 days after your period ends, that's the follicular phase, what I like to do, or what I try to do, is make like a big batch of a big superfood salad. I just said big twice. <laughs> oh well. Um, basically, I make a big batch of salad, and then you can eat it for the like the next few days, and it's all of the superfoods that you want to implement without having to think about it too much. Um, my salad typically includes kale, lentils, shredded Brussels sprouts, cabbage, carrots, almonds. Flax seeds, quinoa, bell peppers, berries, pumpkin seeds, 
extra virgin olive oil, apple cider vinegar, garlic, lemon juice, etc. Whatever I have on hand that's fresh and raw and sounds appetizing at the time. So you can play around with that or you can take my combo and run with it. So what might interfere with ovulation, right? I said ovulation is really important for our health and the progression of our cycle, but what happens if we don't ovulate or what, how do we know and what interferes with ovulation? So a few things, and there are more than this on this list, but basically chronically high levels of stress can disrupt ovulation and decrease your hormone levels. So this means little to low sex drive, potential problems with fertility down the road, and it can also cause your period to be late or missed altogether. So stress is huge with our cycle. I have experience with these um, high levels of stress and how it affects your period. It's very frustrating and, um, yeah, frustrating is the only word I can think of at the time whenever your period's a couple days late and you're like, what is happening? And then you reflect and realize that you were majorly stressed out for the month or two before that. So, um... It's better to be proactive than reactive with this type of stuff. Um, also an interesting fact, blue light diminishes your ability to make melatonin. This also disrupts ovulation and decreases fertility. So put your phones away at night, basically, or don't stare at your phones for too long throughout the day. Um, and then hormonal birth control also affects ovulation. So if you're taking hormonal birth control, as in like the pill, you're not ovulating, and pill bleeds are not periods. I'm sure you've heard this before, um, but it's still important, I think, to reinforce here. So without ovulation, you cannot make progesterone, which is needed for a healthy cycle and ultimately health. If you don't ovulate, that means your hormones didn't go through their usual cycle, and you had more of a breakthrough bleed. So this is not a physiological period. The absence of a physiological period can lead to loss in bone density, and we'll talk more about this in the menstrual phase series, menstrual phase post in this series, an episode in a couple of weeks. Um, so basically what's happening is that the steady levels of synthetic hormones that you're getting from the pill are interfering with your natural cycle midway through. So when a surge of estrogen signals the re release of an egg, that's not happening when you have the pill, so that's not having ovulation. And you might be thinking, great, I don't want to get pregnant. But this is actually very problematic over time. So without the natural rise and fall of your hormones, you basically get stuck in like a phaseless rut. And if we've learned anything here so far, it's that these phases are very important to our health and they're a good sign of health, you guys. Like it is good to go through these phases. Additionally, with birth control, estrogen levels are being suppressed and you're getting a very low dose of progesterone that doesn't provide enough stimulation to the brain to fully mimic the luteal phase, which is the next phase in the cycle. So like the next two weeks are just kind of like this phaseless, no man's land, no man's, no woman's land, <laughs> and um, your body's not going through its natural process. I would also like to say that I am a very strong believer in everyone having access to birth control and having 100% autonomy over their bodies and health choices. This is not to say that the pill is bad. The pill is amazing and it has done a ton for women, but the pill isn't the only option for preventing pregnancy. 
Synthetic birth control can affect your brain, your immune system, your metabolism, your microbiome, and stress response, which all of that will affect your period. So it's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of side effects to weigh, and from my experience, they are not conveyed in a doctor's office very clearly. So we can talk more about informed consent later, but other methods for preventing pregnancy that I'm, you might be aware of. I was going to say I'm sure you're aware of, but you might not be. Um, there's the fertility awareness method, condoms, obviously. The pull-out method is a method for preventing pregnancy, and more. So, does any of this matter if you know when you're ovulating? Well, it matters, but you need to be able to connect it to when you're ovulating. So, how do you know when you're ovulating? There are a few different ways to do this, and... I think, from my experience, I recommend doing all of them just so you can get a better understanding of what's happening in your body. So, first thing in the morning, the first thing you can do is take your basal body temperature, and that's basically the first thing in the morning before you move or drink anything or like get out of bed. You basically take your temperature with a thermometer that reads past the decimal point. So, you put it under your tongue. You look at the number, you jot it down real quick, and you're good. Um, basically, after ovulation, your temperature will increase slightly, and it'll stay that way for the next two weeks if you've progressed into the luteal phase and you've ovulated. We'll talk more about that in the luteal phase part of this series. But basically, you'll notice a slight rise in your temperature, like 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit. The second method is observing your cervical fluid and fertile mucus. In the days leading up to ovulation, you might notice like a raw egg white-like discharge, and this is fertile mucus. It will be clear and like stretchy and slippery. However, you have to be careful when you're interpreting, interpreting, <laughs> interpreting these <laughs> fluids and mucuses because you will also see this type of mucus anytime estrogen levels are high compared to progesterone. So it's not like the end-all be-all method for tracking ovulation. It's just one of the many methods that you can combine to start to understand what's happening when. Um, the other method is the position and feel of your cervix. So if you don't know where your cervix is or you need to find out, I can include a diagram in the blog post. Um, but it's basically inside of your vagina and it's kind of like the opening to the uterus. So people describe it as like a donut shape kind of. Um, and you know, it's what releases menstrual blood and keeps a baby in whenever you're pregnant. So it's a really simplified way to describe the cervix. The cervix is actually really cool. But so during ovulation or just before ovulation, your cervix will be a little bit higher up inside of you and softer than normal. So when you're not ovulating, your cervix is a little bit lower and it's a little more firm. So you can look more into that. It's kind of the basics of how to do that. And then overall, tracking all of these signs and narrowing in on when you ovulate will help you better predict exactly when your period will start, which I think is really cool, and empower you to know your body and start cultivating a stronger relationship with your cycle and ultimately yourself and the world um, instead of being annoyed and frustrated by all of this. So in the show notes, you can access the ovulatory face cheat sheet PDF and the tracking sheet to help you observe and track when you might be ovulating.
So you just click that link in the show notes below to get the downloads. And next week we'll be covering the luteal phase, which is really cool and I think kind of overlooked. So I've got a lot of cool stuff to share with you all in that one. If you have any trouble accessing the freebies or have a question about this information, you are always free to email me and message me. I am here for you. I'm rooting for you. And I will talk with you next week.